He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. Uh, so happy to be here with you on a foggy second day of December in the hill country of Texas. Man, it is thick out there. Um, I, uh, I've i seen worse fog. I've seen much, much worse fog. But uh, be careful. You might find yourself coming over a hill or down into a valley and just having uh, more fog than you expect. So just give yourself a couple of extra minutes this morning. The roads are definitely slick with this mist, and uh, thank you, God, for the nice and slow rain and and for the soaking of the ground. Um, the way we have been doing this uh, the last couple of weeks, it sure beats a big old flood. And uh, so thank you, God, for a gentle uh, wetting of the uh, hill country of Texas. We need to show our appreciation for that. Folks, um, unless I forget, it's Friday. Be nice to the tourists. Boy, they are going to be in Fredericksburg tonight, aren't they? Woo! Um, So be nice to the tourists, and um, yeah, whatever it takes. You may find yourself in a strange land someday. I have, uh, I'm I'm real excited about today's show, and I said that to Harley, and he says, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be every day, Matt. And I said, yes, sir, I know. But this one's special. Um, I have uh, not only my good friend Mike Sublett, who wrote the book on the Advent that we're going to be reading every day um, till uh, till Christmas, and uh, but also after a story I told yesterday um, about my upbringing, my mom got in touch with me yesterday. Uh, yesterday after I got off the air, it was a, a beautiful text she sent me, and and then we had a really beautiful uh, conversation after that on the phone. And I told her, Mom, you need to come tell this story on the radio today. So my mom, Marianne Long, is going to be on the air with us in about five minutes, and at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have, I can't even call him pastor, but I guess a lot of people would, Mike Sublett. He's been the preacher. He told me 30 years last Sunday at Highland Christian uh, Church in Pampa, Texas, and we laughed because uh, I don't know very many preachers that stay one place for 30 years. Somebody either chases them off or they run off, one or the other, or a combination of the two. So we're going to have Mike Sublet on today, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, but first of all, let's get to the calendar. We have some things on the calendar. Um, tonight is the Lano uh, Tea Party Scholarship Dinner. If you need details on that, just like all of the other um, uh, 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 all of the other announcements, all the other events that I tell you about where you can get engaged, those details, you can find them at the matlongshow.com, or you don't even have to put the there. It can be just matlongshow.com. Um, but you can go there, and uh, it'll give you all the details for each of these. So tonight is the Lano Tea Party Scholarship Dinner. You can buy a table. I don't know. You can get tickets at Eventbrite. This We may be at the point of uh, buying tickets at the door. I really don't know. But on the com under the tab Matt's Calendar, you will find a phone number and details there. Prayer in Kerrville this Saturday. 
Um, every first Saturday of every month, there's a group of people that meet and pray in Kerrville. During the warm months, they meet in front of the courthouse. And during the chillier months, they meet at Zion Lutheran Church. So Saturday at 1 o'clock, this Saturday at 1 o'clock, that would be tomorrow, from 1 to 2 at Zion Lutheran Church in Kerrville, where you will be praying yesterday or two days ago when we had Jonathan Science on with Texas Values. He told us about the um, reception going on in uh, San Antonio. If you want to go meet, uh, get together Monday, this is a noon meeting at Maggiano's Little Italy. So you could go down there, have a little Italian food, and uh, then maybe do some Christmas shopping or something or go to the movies. But they're going to be at Maggiano's Little Italy the Texas Values folks from 1130 to 1. Again, um, oh, yeah, Joe Kennedy. Coach Kennedy is going to be there. How cool is that? Um, I'm, I may try and figure out a way to get down there. So um, just to meet Coach uh, Joe Kennedy and hear him speak. Uh, TNM, Texas Nationalist Movement, is meeting in Lano um, at, uh, on Tuesday night, the 6th. Uh, details again mattlongshow.com go to matt's calendar and all the information you need is there wednesday next wednesday liberty in action we the people are having their monthly meetup uh previously known as a meet and greet but uh now it's uh, uh that's the uh, meeting previously known as a meet and greet is now called the meetup liberty in action meetup at the Acapulco Mexican Restaurant, Wednesday at 5.30. Go or early, order some food, support businesses that support us. And if you can't get to the Texas Values Reception in San Antonio on Monday, they're having one in Austin on Friday. So let me give you a little bit of a random, um, uh, here we go, came right off the top. Poor Richard's Almanac, 1733, Men and Melons are hard to know. Men and melons are hard to know. I don't know how you how you pick a watermelon or a or a cantaloupe. That's my thing. Cantaloupes, you know, do you thump them? Do you sniff them? What do you do? Ben Franklin said that men and cantaloupe are about the same. They're hard to find how to pick one out. So, ladies, I don't know if you can thump men to to see if they're any good or if you can sniff them uh, uh, to see if they're any good. But uh, Ben Franklin says uh, men and melons are hard to know. Y'all stay tuned, and uh, we'll be right back with my mom. Find out more about the Fredericksburg Tea Party at fredericksburgteaparty.org. The Hill Country Patriot. Right, we are back, and um, as uh, as uh, promised, I have my mother on the line this morning. Good morning, Marianna Long, Mom. How are you, dear? Good morning, Matt Long, son. I'm doing very well, thank you. <laughs> Good deal. Okay. So we have um, yesterday. Just to give folks a little bit of a background, yesterday I started reading from the book of. Uh, uh, a meditations devotionals for advent and lent written by a good friend of mine by the name of mike sublet and by the way we're going to have him on here at the bottom of the hour 
But I read the introduction because it's real important. Uh, I think a lot of it, to, to, to know where I come from, uh, for a lot of people to understand where I'm coming from and, and where Mike's coming from. And it was interesting that I his first paragraph in the introduction is exactly was exactly my is my story as well. And uh, it says I grew up in a Christian heritage that not only disallowed observance of Advent and Lent but it even refused preaching on the birth of Christ during the Christmas season. And, and then he goes on and talks about that, and I said, that's the way I was raised. Well, you know, you guys know, if you listen regularly, my mom listens every day, even when she's somewhere else in the world. And uh, so she was listening yesterday, sent me a beautiful text uh, as soon as I got off the air, and then I called her, of course, and uh, so, Mom, I want you to take the story from there, please, and I, I'm not going to interrupt you. Okay. Uh, well, as she said, now and then on your program, you mentioned your narrow bringing up, and it always causes me to feel a bit guilty about the things I passed on to you when you were young. And, by the way, I have repented, and you know, you, I know <laughs> that you have forgiven me, so <laughs> we'll go from there. We were living in Austria, and every summer we would take a group of kids out of the city and give them a couple of weeks somewhere in the country. So in the, in the summer of, I believe it was 1965, we found a very old farmhouse about two hours from Vienna to use for our camp. The house was several hundred years old, and uh, the only source of water for the house was a freshwater spring about 10 yards from the house. It had a wood cooking stove, uh, no electricity. Uh, we built an outdoor toilet, for which we are very grateful. And the, the house was just um, located about one mile from the Czechoslovakian border, Czech- Czechoslovakia at the time. We were very careful to warn the kids not to walk a certain direction from the house, as there were minefields that that kept people from uh, crossing the border into the, out of the communist countries into Austria. Uh, I think it was called the Iron Curtain, if you remember. Mm-hmm. As we would go to bed at night, we could actually hear machine guns firing. Uh, at the time, I was hoping it was training, but now that I know a little more, it may not have been just training. It may have been taking lives of people. So it was. Uh, we were about a, a mile from that uh, border. The girls slept on the floor in the house, and the boys slept in the hay in the attached barn. I was the cook for the group, so I cooked on that wood stove. Uh, it was not easy to do, but I, I was able to do it for the 20 people we had out there. I bought eggs and milk from the ch- and chickens from the nearby farmer, and we picked mushrooms and blueberries in the woods that surrounded the house. Mm. A few other things were bought in the little town, Liechtenstein. Uh, that, that's not right. I forget the name of the town. Um, uh, just not far from the from the house. But in the evening, when the wish, dishes were all done and everything was quiet, I would light a candle and sit in that tiny, tiny kitchen and read my Bible. Uh, one night I was reading in the book of John and seeing it perhaps for the very first time through my own eyes. Up to that point in my life, I was about 27 years old or so, I had quietly inherited what I learned from my parents without giving it much thought. I inherited their opinions on different matters, and as you have mentioned, Easter, we did not make a big celebration of it as my friends did. 
we remembered his death every Sunday, not just once a year. And Easter dresses were enjoyed by my friends, but we never wore a new dress or shoes on Easter Sunday. We could wear them the Sunday before or the Sunday after, but never on Easter Sunday. Mm. Um, we, we enjoyed Christmas, but it was not necessarily the birthday of Jesus, since we didn't really know the actual date. We were just grateful that he came into the world. I didn't know that there was an Advent calendar until I was grown. Christmas was a family, was for family, for stockings, gifts, reunion with my many cousins, lots of food, fun and excitement. We dared to pop firecrackers in a caliche pit across my grandparents' house. (laughs) It was deep and dark, and we were brave and daring. (laughs) And when I drive by now... It's hardly more than a wide ditch. I I know that I know that caliche pit. I said I wasn't going to interrupt you, but I I I am. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. Yeah, I know that caliche pit well. So uh, and I do. You know, I do remember sleeping in the hay there. I do remember sleeping in that hay barn. When you mentioned that, I went. Wait a minute. I remember that. And I was uh, six right. six at the time. So there you go. About Keep... six years old. Yeah. All right. So uh, you're so reading. I inherited. Yeah. I inherited a sense of comfort in not needing to think about or beyond what they had instilled, my parents had instilled in me. Mm-hmm. It was good, but it was not mine. Mm. And so I'm grateful for my, for my upbringing. It brought me to where I was that night in Austria, to that moment in a candlelit kitchen when I started my own journey. It has taken me many years to truly start discovering important truths of my own, and I'm still discovering. I learned to relax about Easter and the birth of Christ, but that was just the beginning of what I discovered that I have what I've discovered in my 85 years. I'm grateful for opportunities for people and experiences that have helped me to get past the many things I inherited, as good as they were. I never won't stop discovering and learning and making God and his plan my very own. I will always be grateful for that quiet time in the old farmhouse in the northern corner of Austria when it became mine and not just my parents. Mm. And the fact that you remember the very moment that was, uh, you know, there are times in our lives, and I, when I'm interviewing people, I uh, sometimes ask mm-hmm. them about what was the moment when you decided, all right, I'm I'm going to do this, or I'm not going to do that anymore, and it's always, um, I think, uh, to borrow from uh, Oprah, the aha moment. When was that? And I exactly. love I love hearing those stories because many many times in those stories, it's it's a pivot point in your life where you go from one direction to another. Uh, it's it's all it's the same as repentance. Not that you needed to repent anything, but it's the to me it's the whole idea of repentance as well. It's not just saying I'm sorry for what I did, but it is the act of stopping and turning and going in another direction. Does that does that kind of line up with it as well? Exactly. And Matt, I can just see. I was looking at the candle. There was a, a window in front of me. And the candle was reflecting on the on the window pane, of course. And I, I just it was such a it was such a moment. It was just such a moment. And uh, to discover that those words were mine, they weren't just 
something that will pass. They weren't just my parents. They didn't just pass on to me. I, I love that moment. I, I, really do, I really do. Now, I remember another story about that campsite um, having to do with you uh, baking brownies for <laughs> everybody. And by the way, I still use your brownie recipe all the time, and people love it. And I, and I have to tell them this didn't come out of a box. This is from scratch. So um, tell us about cooking brownies for the first time on a wood stove in uh, a mile from the Iron Curtain in 1965. <laughs> well, the, the stove had gone down a little bit, and so I thought, well, after the kids go to bed, there was about eight adults there from all over Europe. And so I thought, well, we'll just sit around and enjoy some brownies. So I whipped up some brownies. I put them in the oven. And then I realized that the wood was had burned down quite a bit. So I built the fire back up. And then I looked at my brownies at the normal time. You would bring them out of the oven. Mm-hmm. And they were not quite done, so I left them a little longer. And I, the end of the story is when I finally got them out, we could not get them out of the pan. They were so hard. <laughs> and we had to bend the pan so that they would pop out like an old ice tray, if you remember that, <laughs> those kinds of things. And so they popped out, and then we couldn't even cut them with a knife. <laughs> and so Roy got the axe, okay, and we chopped those brownies into pieces, <laughs> and we all sat around <laughs> and ate those hard brownies, but they were still good. <laughs> you know, that was one of the things, and, and um, I don't I, – I just remember the stories, but I do know that living in Austria in the early 60s, that a lot of things that we consider today, if you go overseas, you know, you can buy mayonnaise, you can buy chocolate. You can, you know, yeah. there are things like that. Popcorn. Popcorn. Yeah. You know, we don't even think about those <laughs> things. But those things were not available in Austria in the early 60s. No. Popcorn especially. Don't you have a popcorn story? Oh, yeah. We made popcorn for the young adults that came to our house one night, and so one of them went home, and he he found where he could buy pop uh, corn that was had not been popped, of course, and so he took it home and put it in a pan, and he just started letting it pop. Well, he did not know that you were supposed to put a lid on it, <laughs> and so it started popping, and then he couldn't get to it to put the lid on it, <laughs> and he said he picked up popcorn for days all over the kitchen. There you go. I, 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 I made my own mayonnaise. I made marshmallows for Thanksgiving. I, I did all kinds of things that uh, were good for me and uh, are treasures to this day. Mom, it's been great. We need to get uh, Mike Sublet on the line today with Absolutely. me. Absolutely. I just wanted to share that story about that moment that you remembered so distinctly. Yes. I think it's so important. Thank you. So, Mom, um, have a good weekend. Have a safe weekend. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Love you lots. Hey. Matt, be nice to the tourists, okay? I will do my best. I will do my best. All right. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right, folks, there you go. Straight from my mom. I hope you enjoyed that. We're going to take a short break and uh, do our best to get Pastor, uh, to get my preacher friend. I I can't call him Pastor. My good friend, Mike Sublett. We're going to get him on the phone here in a minute. Y'all stay tuned. Texas politicians fear him. He's Matt Log. The Hill Country Patriot. 
All right, folks, we are back. You're listening to the Matt Long Show on Hill Country Patriot Radio. And and my wife uh, yesterday asked me, she said, it looks like you're about a week behind in posting your programs. Is something going on? And I said, yes, everything is going on. And so, yes, I am a week behind. However, that shouldn't stop you. That doesn't stop you from uh, checking out our podcasts that are available at the Hill Country Patriot. It's hillcountrypatriot.com. The uh, podcasts there, that's Harley's show and Lorraine's show and my show, they rotate out about once a week. And so I do my best within a week to try to get this programming up on the podcast sites like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. So have uh, have mercy and patience on me if uh, you're just waiting for me to get them up onto Spotify. Um, but I am a week behind right now, and uh, so hopefully maybe I can get home and uh, today maybe find some time. Uh, it's just that time of the year. I don't know if your calendar is as full as mine, um, but I'm excited. There's a group of us from uh, Fredericksburg headed up to the um, gala tomorrow at um, to the gala. It uh, uh, the big gala from uh, Texas Scorecard. They do this every year, and they uh, uh, hand out awards to um, grassroots leaders across the entire state of Texas. And uh, so that is uh, going on tomorrow night. The Tea Party, Fredericksburg Tea Party, has purchased a table, and uh, we're going to be attending that. It's a lot of fun, 500 of your best friends. And I like to tell people about this event is that this is not an event with a bunch of uh, uh, Republicans and uh, uh, Republicans in name only and conservatives in name only. This gathering once a year that the Texas Scorecard puts on is 500 good patriots, good conservative constitutional Christian patriots that get together once a year. And, uh, you know, Harley talks about these different groups that award their own people and all that and patting them on the back. I think it's a pretty good idea. I think all of us uh, every now and then need a good pat on the back for what we are up to. And uh, hopefully if my buddy Mike Sublett would pick up the phone and call me here at the uh, uh, at the studio, it's 833-828-6537. Mike, if you're listening, 833-8-BUNKER. And I uh, wanted to talk a little bit with him about his uh, Advent and devotional um, that he wrote for devotional and meditations for Advent and Lent. And uh, there are, uh, it is called Celebration and Repentance. I think there is a an e-version of it, so that I'm pretty sure there is, and uh, get Mike to tell us about that. But you could look it up um, online in uh, different places, and I uh, think you can buy these directly from Mike. Um, he is uh, Mike is like I said earlier. He has been up in Pampa at the pan in the Panhandle um, for thirty years now. Last Sunday they celebrated thirty years of him preaching up there. So until we get him back on the line, or till we get Mike on the line, let's see where we can go today there's a, a lot of um th- a lot of christmas stuff going on we've got the parade in fredericksburg tonight um and we're looking forward to that um i could tell you the um we've got still a lot of insanity going on on the border 
and uh, that is kind of scary. Um, but uh, we're taking a look at that. One of the things that uh, I haven't brought up yet is that um, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has uh, just come out with his list of of, of priorities and um, the uh, cross-referencing them with the priorities of the Republican Party um, he's got some stuff in there that cross, um, not very, not a whole lot of them, but uh, they're all walking back. Do you remember before the election, they were all talking about how they're going to give you your your money back. They're going to buy down your M and O taxes. They're going to um, take back, uh, pay you back on some of your property taxes. And um, folks, um, they're all walking away from that now they're all walking away from that um and uh even including uh lieutenant dan um he wants to raise the homestead exemption for more homeowners you know they do this every two years they raise it up a little bit um they want to try it again um he wants to cut taxes for businesses by expanding the personal property tax exemption that was one I personally dealt with um, in my shop. You know, I had a, a saw. I have tools in my shop that I've paid for over and over. I've paid for them years ago, and yet every year I have to pay a tax on that uh, saw in my shop. I don't know if the amount of taxes I've paid on my tools is equal to the price I have paid for that tools yet. Um, but I did shut down my uh, wood shop about two years ago now, and I'm no longer paying taxes on a saw that's been paid for for years. Um, so maybe uh, Dan's got something in there. He wants to do more. Um, uh, he says he wants to build more natural gas power plants. Um, I'm with you there. Um, he says we need to level the playing field between renewable energy and dispatchable energy to ensure reliability. Hmm. I have not, I am not familiar with the term dispatchable energy. Um, the, uh, so I'm, I don't know about that one. We'll have to see. I, of course, I know what dispatchable means. That means just energy you can send right out. You know, a, a, a power plant, whether it's run by gas or coal or nuclear power, is always making energy. I mean, when the plant is up and operating, it makes energy. It doesn't matter what the weather is outside. Um, it just makes energy, right? Uh, your renewable energy, they only make energy when the natural source is available for them to make that energy. In other words, if it's a windmill, the only way you get um, uh, energy is when the windmill is blowing. Um, on the solar panels, the only way you get energy is when the sun is shining on the panels. Now, if you're not familiar with the electric grid, which most of us, it's not even that important. All we care about is when you walk into the room, you click the switch and the light comes on. Um, I'm telling you folks, and I have lived in numerous places uh, overseas, not only as a child with my parents. You heard my mom talking about living in, in Austria in the early 60s in Vienna. 
talking about no power there, but also, and we lived in Ireland. I also, as an adult, lived in uh, South America for three years. And, um, folks, this uh, concept of walking in the door and flicking the light and knowing that the light is going to come on, I don't know, I'm afraid to even use this term, but that is a uh, <laughs> that is a feeling of American privilege. That That is who we are as a country. We, we know that when we walk in the room that we flick the switch and the light comes on, right? We don't even think about, is it possible that when I go home today that I turn on the light switch and there won't be any power there? We don't even think about that. In fact, if we walk in the door and the light doesn't come on, then it's like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? we got to follow. Oh, we got to call somebody, call the power company. Listen, when I was living in uh, Columbia the third year I was there, and they were they were actually, um, oh, what's the word? They were actually uh, uh, giving out energy, uh, uh, giving you electricity, uh, kind of picking and choosing who uh, they were redistributing the energy. Not everybody could have energy at the same time. And so some people got power in the morning, other people got power in the evening. But you didn't call the electric company. If you walked in the door and you flicked the lights and uh, the, the lights didn't come on, the uh, you just didn't have electricity. And that was the way it was. There wasn't anybody to call to complain to. There was never an assumption that the power would come on. Can you? I, I know most people can't even imagine living like that. And you might say things, well, what about your refrigerator? What about your freezer? You know, I don't even recall seeing lots of freezers. I don't recall seeing freezers when I lived in Columbia. I, I'm trying to think. I went to different people's homes. Uh, our house did not have a freezer. There was one on top of the fridge. I, I, I know we all had fridges, all right, so we weren't that third world. Um, but I, the power just was not ever reliable. Um, and uh, a little bit about a little bit about energy. We don't have, listen to me carefully, we do not have massive batteries to store energy when we produce it. There's some small ones. They look big. Physically in size, they're big. But they don't hold much power or for very long. I heard somewhere recently that uh, when you uh, turn on the uh, light switch in your house, that electricity that is lighting up that bulb is really only just a few minutes old. In other words, it, that electricity just got created within the last few minutes. All right. Now, if you want to, th- if you think there's big, massive batteries that so we can collect all the energy from the sun during the day, and it'll be sitting in this big old fat battery, and then when the sun goes down, we can uh, turn on that battery, and the energy is coming out. That is not the way our our grid works. We don't have batteries like that. Just take a look at the size of the battery it takes to, to uh, run your car and how little leave your lights on. Back in the day, I know everything's really automatic now, but back in the day you'd leave your lights on and there wasn't a beep, beep, beep to remind you to turn your lights off. How quick did that battery die? It didn't even have enough energy to keep the light, your headlights on for very long. We're, we're still in the same situation. We have we do not have giant batteries that store energy. Again, 
look at your electric vehicles. How much have we heard about the batteries and the electric? And that's just a battery just to run a car. All right. Now, that takes a lot of energy, but you're seeing the size of the battery, the weight of them, um, the materials they need, how long it takes to charge them when you pull your Tesla up at one of the charging stations, and then how far you can actually go on that charge before that battery is no good. That is the same as our power system across the country. The batteries, the, the, the batteries just, they, they aren't built that way. They're, they, we don't have that. We do not have that technology yet. So I think what uh, Lieutenant Dan is saying, back to uh, Lieutenant Dan talking about the electric grid reliability, maybe he's talking about what that uh, renewable energy and dispatchable energy. In other words, energy that we can count on, dispatchable, and energy we can't count on. And I, I like his idea that we need to somehow level that playing field by making sure that we count on dispatchable energy more than we do on renewable energy. All right, Board of Security and Law Enforcement, back to Lieutenant Dan's um, uh, uh, priorities. He says um, rural law enforcement fund. Wait a minute, let's stop. Border security and law enforcement. Um, so he wants to create a rural law enforcement fund. Sheriff's pay enhancement. Yet, I hadn't heard anything about border security yet. Um, a 10-year mandatory minimum sentence to criminals who use a firearm in the commission of a crime. I got no pr problems with that. I don't think it'll get past anybody, but uh, it's, a good, it's a good thought, Lieutenant Dan. It'll make us all feel good when we see you want to do that. Uh, <laughs> I know the workings of Austin way too well to even think that has a chance, but please, someone shock me, surprise me, and let me know when this uh, bill goes through. Um, he says here he wants to recall district attorneys and judges who refuse to follow Texas law. Might run into some uh, problems with that, even though it also sounds good. But your uh, your judges are um, elected locally, and I don't know um, how they're going to get the power to fire a locally elected judge. And then here he finally gets down. It says continue border security funding. So Lieutenant Dan, his um, his priority for the border is to Continue border security funding. Mm, yeah, because that's worked so well, Lieutenant Dan. Let's um, keep up with that. Folks, uh, he's got education and school property uh, also on there. He wants to expand scholarships for teachers and law. He wants to increase teacher pay. He wants to give out an extra free check for retired teachers. Um, he wants to continue school safety funding. That sounds like continue border security funding. He says continue school safety funding. Um, education and school security. I don't see anything in there about giving parents more power, giving parents options. Um, well, there we go. Empower parents by giving them a voice in their children's education. Um, Yes, sir, Lieutenant Dan, that's a good idea. Parents already have a voice. It's just that it gets ignored by school boards and um, trustees. And, uh, yeah, well, but I'm, I'm behind you. Go for it, uh, Lieutenant Dan. Empower parents by giving them a voice in their children's education. If you want to read more about Lieutenant Dan's, 
about Lieutenant Dan's um, priorities, um, you can find there's an article both in Texas Scorecard as well as the Texan dot news uh saw uh two different articles about his um priorities i'm sure you can find them in other places as well but you can read more about those and then maybe just line them up up next to the republican party uh priorities and see where they all fit together yeah there's some overlap um all right folks y'all stay tuned we'll be right back he owns the largest collection of do-rags in Gillespie County. He's Matt Long. Born to be wild. Born to be wild. The Hill Country Patriot. All right, it's Friday. You're listening to the Matt Long Show on Hill Country Patriot. By the way, a good way to keep up with, and uh, I haven't mentioned, I should mention this more often, but a good way to keep up with uh, what is um, uh, happening in the Hill Country is to subscribe to the Fredericksburg Tea Party newsletter. You can go to fredericksburgteaparty.org, sign up for our newsletter. It's a weekly newsletter. It comes out every Monday. And I actually had someone once complain that it was too long. And I, I was like, we, I had to reply, you know, you can uh, stop reading anytime you want to. Um, but anyway, it is long, and there is piles of information on there. It's organized extremely well. Every They put right at the top, it's like got a table of contents right at the top right there. And then it goes through each of the different things. Some of the stuff are on there every week. Uh, for example, our focus groups, uh, their, their information is on there every week. The focus groups are about ready to get to work during the legislative session, and, and we're excited about that. Um, all kinds of good information in that. Uh, right now, we've been giving you a lot of information about Make Schools Safe Again, and... Um, there is also contact information on there for the people who are involved in that organization. And uh, then we also have uh, coming to the Hill Country, Moms for Liberty. Moms for Liberty now has a chapter, I guess that's what you'd call it, um, open and operating in Fredericksburg. They are still working on their, I believe, their first meeting last um conversation or or exchange of emails i saw on that uh the uh, organizers of moms for liberty liberty um were asking okay when do all the other groups meet because that's important we don't want to compete with each other um for meeting nights and so we went through a list with uh with Moms for Liberty, and they're going to be setting up their uh, first meeting sometime, I would imagine, that it's going to be in January, but we'll uh, get them on here. Um, check it out, Moms for Liberty, and uh, see if you can find the Fredericksburg group or the Hill Country group. Um, go to makeschoolsafeagain.com, and there's information there. I was sharing that with some folks yesterday um, and uh, the list of books there. But uh, all of that, all of that information is in our weekly newsletter put together by our good friend Tori Bishop. I, this woman is a genius. 
And so we just feed her stuff to put in there. Angela does most of the feeding. And uh, then every Monday that hits your mailbox, and it has uh, just tons of good information in it. Now, if you're on our mailing list, come January, come January, and actually probably about the middle of February or late February, you may start receiving other emails because during the legislative session, we want action from those people who are reading our newsletters. And so what will happen come somewhere in the middle of the next legislative session when things really start moving, you will get more than just one email a week from the Fredericksburg Tea Party. And if that bothers you, just go to the bottom and unsubscribe. You won't hurt my feelings because if that bothers you, I know that you're not really engaged and you're not interested in taking up uh, the fight with us at a state level. So you won't hurt my feelings. Um, I'm not going to say good riddance, but, uh, yeah, good riddance. Um, so feel free to unsubscribe if you think you're getting too many uh, emails from us uh, during the next legislative session. But the point is to get you involved, to get you engaged, and get you as much information as possible so that you can be an influence on what is happening in Austin and you can be an influence. So <clears throat> so two years ago on uh, this program, uh, during the month of December, I started reading from the Advent and uh, read... Um, We've got 24, is it 24 days of the Advent? Yes, it is. 25 days. I'm sorry. Nope. Oh, hold on. Nope. All right. Uh, yes, it's 24 days of the I'm really embarrassing myself, aren't I? It is uh, how many days of the Advent? It's either 24 or 25. It is 25. There you go. Thank you. Um, and I started reading them um, every morning, uh, the, the, the wee little chapter on that day's Advent. Well, I'm not on the air Saturday and Sunday, so... What um, I'll do on Friday is I will read you the Friday Advent uh, bit, and then I will read you the Saturday Advent piece. And then on Monday, I'll catch up. We'll do Sunday, and then we'll do Monday. So we are at day two on the Advent, and the title of this one is The Betrothal. The Betrothal. Even though life in Nazareth wasn't significant to anyone throughout the rest of Galilee, life did still go on for the citizens of the tiny town, even a few special moments. One of those extraordinary times flowed into the lives of a young woman named Mary and a man named Joseph. They were betrothed. Many try to translate this term into English with the word engaged, but Jewish betrothal of the first century was not like our modern engagement at all. Sadly, in our times, most couples have had a long-standing sexual relationship before they are even engaged. Then engagement only means, I think I want to marry you one day. Modern engagement can be dissolved at any time with no legal repercussions. Not so with betrothal in the time of Jesus Betrothal was illegally and morally just like being married with, with married with the exception of living together. For the first year, the man and the woman didn't live together, and yes, that meant no sexual contact for that year. Then after the first year, the home-taking took place. The husband came and took his wife into his house, and together they made it a home. Can you imagine that kind of commitment and faithfulness to another person 
Jesus came to make that exact degree of commitment to anyone, to everyone who would choose him as their Lord. He promises to completely, to completely, to be completely faithful to his followers and even calls them his bride. However, Jesus will not kick open the door of anyone's heart. Each person must personally open the door to his or her heart so that he can enter. Have you opened your heart to Jesus and invited him to enter and revamp in any way he pleases? Think about it. Here we go. Day three. This would be for tomorrow. It's called the announcement. Today, if someone wants to make a special announcement, it will mostly likely show up on uh, Facebook or Twitter or arrive via some electronic device. In other words, a cell phone. The very first earthly announcement of the advent of Jesus burst on the scene through something much more spectacular than any of our modern technologies. It came directly from the mouth of Gabriel, one of Jehovah's archangels. Think about that. One of God's generals brought the announcement in person. And his presence was so brilliant and impressive that he had to tell Mary not to be afraid. Just the sight of him made humans tremble. Notice in Luke 1 and 30 that Mary's fears were put to rest when she was told, you have found favor with God. Before she actually received the message of the announcement, Gabriel calmed her fear with a dose of God's approval. God wants to do the same with you, too. He wants to calm your fears by letting you know that you, too, have found his favor. That is the whole reason, the greatest of all announcements, the rescue of fallen humans, your rescue. Mike follows that up with a prayer. Holy Father God, the majesty of this announcement of Jesus' advent takes my breath away. You sent your number one messenger to proclaim his coming so that I wouldn't miss its life-critical importance. I praise your name that he came and that you loved me enough to make sure that I didn't miss it or him. Amen. Thank you, Mike Sublet, for that. And I don't know why he didn't call. We'll find out later today. I'm sure something came up. But that's quite all right. Mike's uh, good about taking care of his flock. And if uh, he had something to do this morning that was uh, more important than uh, getting on the radio, I can think of a whole bunch of things that he might be engaged in this morning. And so we'll uh, get Mike on here as soon as uh, as soon as we can and get him to talk about his book. Again, if you like this book, I know it's for sale somewhere. I know that is can't I don't even believe it's maybe even $10 if that much. Um actually the back of this one says 12.99. Um it's called Celebration and Repentance. Devotional Meditations for Advent and Lent and the author of it is Mike Sublet, S U B L E T-T, sublet with two T's, and um, I'm sure he would appreciate it, and a little bit of mail money for Mike and uh, his family, and uh, so there you go. Check it out if you like that Advent. Do your own Advent. 
Um, the you know the children's advents are a lot of fun. It's not too late to start that. You know you can if if you don't uh, have an advent for the kids set up, it's not too late. You can you know tell them you know you just things just got a little crazy. You can say we'll make up for it. We'll uh, start your advent tomorrow, and uh, you'll have uh, you'll have a triple advent on day one. Little gifts, little reminders daily to the kids of what the season is really all about and the advent is a really good way to do that all right folks i'm sure that uh, lorraine is going to bring you quite a message i want you to be nice to the tourists pray for those who are going to be on the rain on the on the rain on the road this weekend and um thank god for the nice rain that we have received over the last few days um y'all stay tuned and uh, we'll see you on monday